Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, coming from the uh, the bedroom office uh, today, so if it sounds a little different, uh, things are a little bit crazy with Christmas going on, and uh, everything's spread out, and toys everywhere, presents, and everything else going on. So, uh, if it sounds different, that that might be why. But uh, Anyhow, um, got a uh, a very busy week going on here for me. Uh, just uh, you know, bought a bunch of holiday prep and getting everything ready and uh, things like that. So hopefully the uh, the schedule of the show doesn't get too messed up here. But uh, I'm gonna gonna try to keep on track and do the uh, the Monday and Thursday shows. Um, you know, as always, I got the links in the description for the uh, the different platforms that I use. Um, you know, again, these are just the ones that I. I'm comfortable with. I know there's other options. Uh, I, I know where everything is on uh, a lot of the different reports and things on specifically on E-Trade, but the uh, the crypto.com and Binance, those, uh, those work in tandem for me because uh, one of how I deposit on Binance and then I'll, I'll swap over to the crypto platform for some of the different coins and staking and uh, the card, different benefits over there. So, um, but the fees are a little bit higher getting money into the crypto.com platform. Uh, that's why I do the transfer of USDC or just my tokens to uh, crypto.com from Binance. So again, that's why I'm using both. Uh, and I I like both, so I'll recommend both of them as well. Uh, but yeah, we've got, uh, you know, that, that Fed news came out. They are looking to, um, you know, fight the inflation war right now. As, as we said last time, the inflation's uh, higher than it's been in, I think, 39 years, something like that. So those numbers are re- getting really high. Uh, and they've pointed out that they want to fight that. They want to get those numbers back down. Uh, I made the argument last time that uh, turning off the child tax care or child care tax credit. Sorry, I always say that wrong. Um, could definitely slow things down as we take that 15 to 16 billion out of uh you know, out of the economy on a monthly basis. Uh, you know, people won't be spending as much if they don't have as much to spend. Therefore, you know, the supply sh- chain should uh, come back down to a, a normal. We should have, uh, you know, less goods and services coming out. And, uh, you know, the sales would probably slow and then inventories can come back up, um, which, you know, is great for the inflation problem. Probably not the best for you know, consumers, they, they can't buy the things that now they're getting used to or accustomed to. And the businesses are going to have uh, a harder time as that 15 to 16 billion is out of the hands of uh, the consumers on a uh, on a monthly basis. So we will see where that goes. I'm I'm afraid that uh, if we do the the three interest rate hikes in 2022, uh, we might overshoot these numbers a little bit. I, th- I think we're probably going to go to the downside more than we think we do have uh, some of the uh, the Fed analysts saying that we could see interest rates go back up to 2.125 uh, by the end of 2023, I believe I read. And, uh, you know, that'll 
be more of an average. We're we're way too low right now, and I think everyone is just used to this free, easy money policy that we've got out there. Uh, and I think we're going to possibly overshoot the inflation numbers, but the the interest rates do need to come back up. It's uh, it's a better environment for for banks and for the economy as a whole. So we will we will see as uh, where we average out, and uh, hopefully we can get those. Uh, different factors under control going forward and we will see where we where we you know ultimately kind of find that balance between the the two and uh overall make the economy work but um you know when we're looking at 2022 i know we had talked about you know the the small cap the uh the value plays some of the growth getting beat down uh some of those stocks could do okay some of the banks could do okay on the rising interest rates um, but, you know, I was reading a report uh, from all the different uh, bankers, uh, all the different analysts and research houses uh, that says that the S&P is going to have a, a slow year. And, um, you know, we are, are I've got uh, five different banks here that are looking at where they think the 2022 S&P index uh, will end the year. And, um, you know, some are low, some are a bit higher, but none of them are really that outpaced number that we're used to seeing. All of them are dialed back a good bit. Um, for example, uh, right now, the S&P 500, the index as of, uh, what are we, the 19th of December here is, well, this was closed on Friday. So the 17th is at $4,620 um, for the end of the uh for end of the 2021, we'll call it. And, uh, you know, going forward, uh, Morgan Stanley has a number for a year from now to be at 4,400. So they're looking at a down year to where, you know, we aren't making any money if you invest in the S&P. Uh, Wells Fargo has a target between 5,100 to 5,300. Uh, Goldman, same thing, 5,100. RBC Capital, uh, 5,050. And then Bank of America Global uh, Research is 4,600, so pretty much flat. Uh, and then Credit Suisse is at 5,200. So, you know, you, you take an average of those, we're probably, uh, uh, call it 4,900 if I'm, you know, back of the paper math. So that really doesn't give a, a whole heck of a lot of uh, upside from this 4,620 price that we're at now. Um, so, you know, I've made this argument before that these, the overall market is going to be harder to play. I do think individual stocks might be a better bet or going after that individual sector uh, and not a broad market S&P or, you know, Dow specific, NASDAQ specific, but more going after those value uh, small caps or growth names, small cap growth names, I'll say. I think the, you know, the larger caps are going to have a moderate year. I don't, I don't think they're going to be outpaced, but, uh, uh, I do think that, you know, your typical Apple, Microsoft, Nvidia, I still think those are going to do well. Uh, I still think there's going to be people buying those products. We still see that, uh, the iPhone cycle, uh, strong. That's definitely still has uh, a lot of room for, uh, 22, I believe. I, I think that could do well. Uh, but overall, a lot of those, those single names are going to carry the market to these averages. Uh, versus 
a couple of years back, we had a wide market rally where everything was rising. You know, that that water was raising all ships. And now it almost seems like we've, we've got these waves where some names are going up, other names are going down. And it's just going to be a, a rocky kind of tumultuous year with uh, tougher earnings uh, from 2020 and 21 on some of the names. And then going forward, we're trying to beat those, but with less free money out there. Uh, and some of the other problems we've been talking about, you know, before. So for, for those reasons, um, I'm not saying I won't put any in the S and P, but I, I feel like I'm going to be more, uh, single name exposure and, um, you know, looking uh, at the, uh, the arc funds, I, I still think I'm going to be in, uh, in some of those as well, just because they've been beaten down so heavy. Uh, I didn't really think I was going to bring much up about the, uh, the ARC funds or Kathy Wood today, but, uh, you know, on Friday, Kathy came out saying that they, uh, her stocks have corrected into a deep value territory. I believe this is true. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of the names in her funds go down 30, 40, 50%. As I said, last time, uh, year to date, they're down about 23% overall in that fund, which means if, you know, you had a couple that are you know, winners or, you know, positive for the year. That means you had some that are down, like I said, 50, 60%. There was definitely some stocks that did not do well. And for that reason, um, and being this is an actively managed fund with, with people that, uh, do this day in and day out and they're constantly buying, selling out of positions. Um, I think that, uh, going forward, it, it's a, it's a value play on some of these high growth names. And for that reason, I will be adding into my IRA, uh, probably in January, February, I'll be adding to these, uh, these names in the, the ARC funds, uh, whether it's directly into the fund or kind of cherry picking the names that I really like, I'll probably do a bit of both. Um, but going from there, um, you know, the, the Neo day was, uh, the 18th as well. And, um, you know, Nia has been getting beat down and, uh, I believe Kathy has been buying Neo for her fund as well. They sold some Tesla and, uh, it's still a large position. Everyone freaks out when I, when I say that they sold some Palantir also still a massive position for them. I believe that is number 15 on the, uh, the arc list on arc K. Uh, but yeah, Neo day was the 18th. So what did they say? You know, they're, they're coming out with a, uh, a smaller, uh, ET five sedan. Um, it's going to be similar size and competition is going to be like the Tesla model three BMW three series, uh, the Audi a four. So that's uh, kind of that price point where they're, uh, looking to compete with, and they will be, uh, shooting for 65,000 deliveries of this vehicle, which will outpace the ET seven, the larger vehicle. Um, and they look to have these, uh, hit the streets September of 22. So, uh, by those numbers, 65,000 and, you know, uh, pretty much the last quarter of the year is going to be, uh, pretty, pretty solid. As far as I'm concerned, average price, they're looking to be about 46,000. Uh, there are different, uh, incentives from, uh, the government in China to get these down a bit cheaper to the consumers. I believe it's about a hair over 40. Um, so that one's definitely out there. They, uh, announced some new AR glasses with a partner, uh, and uh, to use 
to limit the amount of screens that are in vehicles. They want to partner with this AR glass company. Um, so you can use that technology in conjunction with the vehicle. I'm not too sure how that one's going to roll out, but uh, I do think AR uh, and VR is still going to be, you know, a way of the future. I think we're going to see more with that. And, uh, you know, ultimately we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, uh, you know, still China is the problem. China is, is the, the big, uh, thing that's holding Neo back right now. Are they going to stay, uh, in this, you know, the New York stock exchange market, are they going to go back to Hong Kong? Uh, we don't know. Time will tell. Hopefully, um, you know, it does stay here for all the people who have already invested in it. I, I hope they don't go ahead and burn everyone that's in, invested in these companies. But, um, you know, that that's really the hang up. If, if it wasn't a hang up with uh, the Chinese government, uh, one, I don't think you'd see it down at these levels in the, the 30s. I, I, I don't see we think we would see that. But, um, you know, at a, at a market cap of 47 billion, uh, you know, Rivian that isn't doing anything yet. You know, granted, they've got the partnerships, this, that, the other, um, you know, they're valued much higher. So I, I think Neo, if they can get away from that, you know, right now on Friday, they closed at exactly $30. Uh, this one, I, I definitely think they can get back up to that 60 with uh, some positive talk from the uh, from the government and uh, U.S. and China. And, you know, if, if we got that, we, we definitely see a, uh, a, a rocket ship, you know, moon, moon path on this one. And we'd, we'd be going much, much higher. Um, but, uh, you know, we can, we can definitely wait and see for me, I'm still buying and adding, uh, bits on when we get under like that 32 price point, um, you know, it, it dropped into the twenties briefly and then, and then came back up. So we will see where it goes. Uh, like I said, I would you know, pretty much slam the table if it wasn't for the Chinese government. It is a position that I have. It's a, a tier two position for me. So midsize, um, you know, current price targets on this are uh, $60, $60.67, which is going to represent 102% of upside. Uh, there's a low of 45 at 50% upside and a high at $87, which is 190% upside. If it got anywhere in that price range of that 60, I would be very happy and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I, I definitely think for me, it is an ad, uh, I wouldn't go crazy with it, but, uh, for me, I am adding on, uh, a little bit more on these dips in, in hopes that we can get back to that 60 level. I, I do think we will get there unless something really breaks down on that, uh, the government front. And if they get delisted, that would be terrible, but, um, you know, for me right now, I, I see more paths higher than, than low, than lower. So we will, uh, ultimately buy and hold and see where this one goes. If it does hit that 60, $70 range, I will, I will be trimming. It is, is definitely got its risks. And, um, at that point where I'd be that positive on my, uh, investment, I would trim out some of this position and probably cut it back down in half or, you know, depends on how high it goes, but you know, that's kind of my plan for this one. Um, that's what I'm looking to do, but I will, uh, get back and talk about, uh, some peg ratios that have come that back down into buy territories and, uh, some triple leverage funds and some different things I'm seeing out in the market that I really want to take a look at and, uh, capitalize on 
uh, in the second half of the show here. So I'll take a break and I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. Um, you know, as always, thanks for stopping in. Thanks for uh, checking out the show and, uh, you know, liking, subscribing. I uh, definitely appreciate it. It's uh, It's been a, a fun project here to uh, get my thoughts out there and share this with uh, with others. You know, hopefully I'm helping you guys. If you'd like to support the channel, uh, there is a link on the uh, anchor.fm slash let it grow uh, where you can donate to the the page for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, you know, definitely would appreciate it. And, uh, you know, as always, I, uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the positive feedback and the, uh, the different thoughts, different things you guys want me to cover on a show. Uh, and you can do that on the, uh, the Facebook group, let it grow investing, just search us up. Uh, it is private. I, uh, got too many spammers and people trying to push whatever WhatsApp, telegram, you know, this, that, the other, uh, if that does come through, that is not me. I am not ever going to ask you for your. Uh, your account, your brokerage, your, you know, passwords, anything like that. So uh, just be aware that that's out there and people are uh, constantly trying to scam people online. Uh, so yeah, just, just be aware of that, but it is a private group that does limit a lot of it. And uh, if you see anything, just flag it and I will uh, go ahead and take it down. But uh, yeah, so we've seen a lot of stocks trading at, uh, close to their yearly low if they're not there already. Uh, you know, whether it's travel or gambling, payment space or cloud or cybersecurity, um, all of them have gotten beaten down, uh, you know, including both big and small names. We, we've seen it on, uh, you know, we've seen it on Disney. We've seen it on uh, the resorts, Marriott, Wynn. Uh, we've seen it on, you know, CrowdStrike, Cloudflare, PayPal, you know, pick a name, pick an industry. Uh, like I said, these single stocks have been beaten down, especially in these individual sectors with a lot of growth or if they're related to travel. Um, you know, but with that, a lot of the, uh, the price earnings growth, the, the peg ratio has come down. Uh, so now when we're looking at that, we're, we're looking, generally speaking, a broad rule of thumb is a one-to-one relationship between the price in EPS, you know, you've got your your PE ratio divided by your growth rate. That's pretty much what it's going to be. So, you know, if uh, you know if you had a, a PE of twenty and your growth rate for the next year was twenty percent, it would be a one to one ratio. Um, sometimes these these go lower on companies, and obviously on on high growth companies, that that number is going to be higher. But one to one is generally. Um, generally that rule of thumb where you would want to be buying. Some of these are dropping below that. And uh, that could be a good signal to buy also as to a, uh, a deep value stock where you've still got the growth, but the price ratio or the PE ratio has dropped, making that uh, making it cheaper for you to buy that future growth at today's price. Uh, you can find these numbers by, by doing your own homework if you, if you really like math and really like digging. Or on E-Trade, I use the Reuters, um, uh, I guess, what do they call them? In investment guide or uh, their little summary of what's going on in the market. So I will go through that and you can, you can scroll down and, uh, you know, get their traditional, get their five-year average if the company's been around for a while and uh, kind of compare where you're at, how much of a discount it is to either the S&P uh, average or just the company itself. 
Um, but yeah, you can certainly use that in in finding uh, stocks that you know they were probably trading higher, even though that that growth rate hasn't changed. Um, but now the, they're getting punished on that price side, so it's making the multiple more in our favor. Uh, so for those reasons, you know that that's one one way you can find if something is a is a lower value. Uh, you can also look at your your 50 day moving average, a simple moving average. You can turn that on in in a chart on pretty much any brokerage, or the uh, even the 200 day. You can take a look at both of those charts. Uh, and see where it is price-wise versus your 50-day or 200-day. Uh, sometimes I like to buy them when they get down towards the 200-day. If they break it, it could be, if they break that 200-day simple moving average, it could be a sign of, uh, of worse times to come to where it's going to go below that for a while and pull that average lower. Uh, but if it does kind of go down to that 200-day, and doesn't break it and trends back upwards. And even if it kind of flutters along that 200 day for uh, a couple trading sessions, that could be certainly a sign that you're finding uh, a support band at that 200 day moving average. Uh, and you can you can simply turn these on, on on all your charts. So that way you're looking for the same thing every time. Uh, and like I said, the, the peg is a little bit harder to find uh, being that it's not uh, right available on the snapshot or the summary page on most brokerages, it, it may be on yours. Uh, I think Yahoo uh, Finance Premium does it, but you have to pay for that service. They don't do it on the, uh, the regular finance page, uh, but you can certainly figure it out yourself just by you know looking at a couple different charts and, and plugging those numbers in. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's something you're really looking a stock, you're really looking to buy, it makes sense to do it. You know, you, you kind of know, Hey, is, is this a good buyer? Am I not in that buy territory yet? Uh, so then that can also help you form a, uh, price target where you do want to buy. You know, if you're looking at that one-to-one -one ratio, where does that put your price and, you know, kind of, you know, backwards engineer what you've got in order to have that price point where you want to start from. Uh, and you know, that being said, we, we might hit it. it, it might not ever get there. So you gotta, you know, like I said, dollar cost averaging is your friend, uh, as you know, you have a perfect price in mind. Will it, will it ever reach that price or some of these growth stocks going to rebound, you know, January one, we, we don't know. Uh, so that's why dollar cost averaging will help. And, you know, then you have that price point where it's just, you know, I've got to buy this. I want to load up back the truck up and and wait five years. That's what I want to do. Load up on these stocks when they get to that uh, extreme value territory where I think, you know, now's the time. Uh, you know, for me, like I was saying, the, the ARC funds are a good way to do that. You get a lot of this value and a lot of them, except for, I believe, Tesla and some biopharmaceutical for them were uh negative i think every everything else was negative except like two names in their top top 10 on uh, on a couple different funds so that being said you can get that broad um spread your money out amongst the different growth that they have by investing in the fund and even tesla's down you know probably 25 percent off of their recent highs um you know they, could they go down further certainly but i do think that uh if they break 900, I, I think for me, that's going to be a buy point where I would consider adding for the, uh, the risk reward. You know, I, I do think that we'll, we'll get back into the 1200s. So 
buying under 900 gives me that that room for growth. Uh, I really don't think we're going to see, you know, those 500 levels. Uh, could it happen? Sure. But I, I'm, I'm, I don't see it. The, the numbers have been too good. The, uh, the growth has been great and they've got uh, all the other, uh, factories coming online. Plus, you know, Elon selling all of his shares has been one of the biggest burdens on bringing the price down. Um, you know, he's been dumping shares to pay that $12 billion tax bill. So there's a bunch of different reasons I could say that these growth stocks are, are getting cheap. Um, you really need to pick out the ones that you're looking at and, uh, and do that deeper dive on them. Do, you know, these different peg ratios and look at the different price charts, the moving averages, and, and come up with that price point where you want to start a position. Uh, or, you know, you could buy an ETF. You could buy one of the, the ARK funds, one of the Vanguard growth funds, Schwab, Invesco, uh, any of them. Uh, another one that I was, was looking at in general is uh, some triple leverage funds. Now, triple leverage is going to be a lot riskier. It is not a buy and hold. It is a, it's more of a, more of a gamble in the fact that it takes your money and essentially multiplies it by two or three. If it's a, a double leverage or a triple leverage, um, you know, if the, if it's an S and P weighted, uh, triple leverage fund, if the S and P goes up 2%, your fund's going to go up 6% by, um, using debt and collateral to further your gains, but it also furthers your losses. So if it were to go up 6% in one day, um, you know, 6% off of that the next day, you're going to be under where you started. So just take that into account. There is that decay over time. If it doesn't keep going up, uh, because of the, the triple leverage aspect of the fund. But uh, you can certainly look at uh, smaller funds. Uh, I had one pulled up and now I've moved, moved offices here. So let's see. Um, if we go on Google and like I was looking up small cap, uh, triple leverage. And let's see. Uh, yeah, like the direction, leverage ETFs, pro shares, small cap. Um, and then they have the, the pro shares, ultra pro QQQ. That's TQQQ. It's a triple leveraged based off of, uh, the QQQ, which is your larger cap, uh, NASDAQ names, but like Soxel S O X L I've played this one before. It's a semi semiconductor chip, uh, bull three times. Uh, leveraged fund. And basically what you're doing is you're, you're betting on an individual industry uh, to do better. Uh, so yeah, like the semiconductor, or if uh, you over the summer, uh, like UDAO was a one that was talked about in a couple different groups for the fact that everyone thought that the Dow was going to do better. Um, and now you take your, your bet on the Dow and you pretty much, you know, amplify it by three, you're going to get three times a return or three times the loss. So if you bet on the wrong one, you're going to amplify your your gains or your losses based on what you're in. But for me, I was looking at doing something like this for um, the, the small cap that we've been looking at, the small cap value or even small cap growth or just these, the, the kind of the innovative tech type names as well. Uh, so you can certainly use that. It is, uh, it's, it's, kind of like doing options in a way because you get the more of the leverage. Um, 
it's not as risky, I wouldn't say, but it is an option if you are really looking for growth. You've really done your homework and you know the risks because they are risky. You can get burned and, uh, you know, you have to have that timeline on it as well. This is not a buy and hold. It will uh, it will lose you money more than likely in the long term if you think it's a buy and hold. It is not. It is not that. Please don't use that as investment investment advice because it uh, is certainly something for the people that are looking for those outsized gains and they really have a thesis based upon uh, that research and uh, you know definitely some insight and they they've done their homework. Uh, but for me, I'm looking at uh, looking at doing one of these, possibly even in our uh, our investment challenge that we've uh, not quite announced. But uh, I think I'm looking to do uh, a monthly or weekly contribution and try to invest throughout 2022 and see where we go and how we can track it and uh, and how it really looks. Uh, for the year, see if we can do outpaced returns based on the uh, the S and P uh, by doing our own thing. Probably individual names, maybe some uh, triple leveraged in there, uh, and really see what we can't do with it. Um, so that that's really where I'm looking to go with it. But um, that that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is I I look to do it for 2022 to see if we can't do a uh, an investment challenge based around beating the S&P and putting more money into our uh, portfolios for the year. Um, and then, yeah, past that, that's uh, that's really what I had for you guys today. Um, so we are keeping an eye on this Santa Claus rally. We are, you know, I, I think we might have gotten some of it early, especially with the, uh, the Fed coming out. So, uh, you know, on the 16th, that might have hurt some of us, um, you know, the, the market closed lower on uh on thursday and friday and you know we might see some gains this week right before christmas uh but you know ultimately some of these this rally might have been uh traded out already and the fact that the uh the christmas season was coming earlier and people doing a lot of the shopping earlier uh some of those price swings might already be baked in to the the share prices of some of these different names but uh, going forward, you know, I'm still still looking at uh, some of the the small cap growth, small cap value, uh, still some of the the tech names that are out there, uh, banks with these rising interest rates. So if you're looking to uh, build a portfolio, um, I'm looking at those. And uh, as I've said before, your first ten thousand, I generally would recommend putting it into a broad market fund. Um, you know, next year might not be the the ultimate year for the S&P, but uh, overall, I, I think in in years to come, you'll look back and be glad that you put some money away. And, uh, you know, you're getting a dividend on that also on your S&P investment. Not much, but uh, it does help and it does uh, outpace your your bank account. Might not outpace inflation, but uh, at least you're set up for, for future gains when they do come our way. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. So uh, please... Uh, like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for stopping by. If you want to support the channel, anchor.fm slash let it grow. Uh, and I will catch you in Thursday's show. And if, uh, if it's a busy week for you, uh, have, uh, have a great holiday, Merry Christmas, and um, Happy New Year. And I will catch you in the next one. Take care. As always,
always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.